0: We are downtown, we are historic, we are family, we are scriptural, we are First Baptist Church. So this week we begin a new Bible study as we come to the book of James. And this week we've been studying James 1, 1 through 12 together. We're going to read a portion of that aloud together. So if you would, stand with me. And we're going to read James 1, 2 through 4, and verse 12. This, then, is the text for today. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. May God bless the reading of his word. Now Amy and I have not officially announced this publicly, but we are having our third child baby girl number three is expected to be—oh, thank you, yeah <laughs> Yay! baby girl number three is expected to be born November 3rd And we're all excited about this new addition and have spent the weekend getting ready uh, for that new bundle of joy. You know, one of the problems that Amy and I uh, are having is that we're, we're several years removed from having a baby. And we're having to relearn all of those things you do when you have a baby in the house, like baby-proofing. You know, new parents go through this preparedness protocols to, to make sure that the house is safe uh, for a little one. You have to cover the sockets, you have to block the stairs, you have to hide everything that a baby can fit into their mouth. Uh, this is the whole process that you go through to ensure uh, their safety. And and everything that you work on, and everything that you go through together, falls just short of wrapping the baby up completely in bubble wrap. And you can't completely wrap the baby in bubble wrap because they wouldn't be able to breathe. And so you have to find other ways to protect them. You see, one of the things that James points us to, as we've read through this this week, is that in spite of all of our preparedness. At some point, the baby's gonna get a busted lip. You know, when I was little, I ran into the back of my dad's truck and split my head open right here and had to get stitches. I remember when my niece Maddie was a baby, and her dad was rocking her in the rocking chair, and for some reason, it just fell apart. And she and her dad just hit the floor. See, it doesn't really matter how much bubble wrap you surround that baby in. They're going to get a scar or two along the way. And James is, is reminding us here to think back through those scars. I mean, even the physical scars. What physical scars do you have on your body today? I've got one in my forehead where I hit my father's truck. I've got one on my shin from working out. I've got one on my hand uh, from football. You know, we all have these memories made in physical pain that are forever displayed on our bodies. Some, Some of those are war wounds that we're proud of. Others are tattoos of tragedies we never want to see again. And you see, just as we bear these, these physical scars on our bodies, so too we bear emotional scars on our minds and our imaginations. You know, moments that have taken us back and brought us great pain. And for all of those moments that have left both physical and metaphorical scars on our lives, we need to put them into perspective. And your James helps us get there. James helps us find that perspective that we need. Because, you know, as it goes, none of us wants to go through these difficult ordeals of life. No one wants to deal with the pain that came before the scar. But all of us must go through painful ordeals. There's no amount of bubble wrap that will keep the baby safe its entire life. You know, there's not been a a single person ever to walk the face of the earth who didn't have to go through painful ordeals, who didn't have to walk through the fire at one point or another. Even Jesus Christ himself, the only perfect human being to ever walk the face of this earth, had to bear the most painful difficulties of this life. He had to walk through the fire so that we might have life and have it abundantly. You see, from the beginning... Jesus had to to bear the, the, the painful work of Satan's temptations. Right before he begins his ministry, you see Satan at odds with Jesus Christ himself. Then Jesus had to bear the crowds turning on him. Jesus had to bear his disciples running from him. Judas betraying him. The Romans and the Jews crucifying him. And most importantly, he walked this world on your behalf knowing that he would have to bear each and every one of these scars. You see, Jesus walked with... Uh, Judas, for for three years, knowing he would be a traitor, Jesus, just before he walks off in his traitorous ways, Jesus washes his feet like a servant and then let him go tattle. You see, Jesus lived this pain for the joy, because what Jesus was was telling us in those actions is that there is joy beyond, and in fact, there is joy above that beyond the physical and and beyond these temporary things that we have to walk through on this earth. There is something greater in store for us in the joy of heaven. There are angels rejoicing with us as we see great moments of obedience and hope on the horizon, and and it's it's pretty incredible how Hebrews talks about this. In fact. We're going to turn back to Hebrews 12. So, if you're in James chapter 1, you you probably just have to flip over one page or so and and go back to to Hebrews chapter 12. And listen to to how Hebrews describes this. We're going to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 2 to begin with. And so, we fix our eyes on Jesus and all those things that we just talked about, everything that Jesus went through, we fix our eyes upon Him who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And listen to how it describes what his work was. It says, Who for the joy that was set before him. So all of those painful moments of his life that we just noticed, there was a joy set before him. And through this joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus Christ bore this because he knew there was something greater. There there was something eternal about this work. And the pain of this earth is only temporary compared to the joy and the rejoicing of heaven that surrounds us and stands above us. There is a joy that's greater than all the pain that we face on the face of this earth. They continue down with me, verse 3. For consider him, talk about Jesus, who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. Right? So, so that, that we can follow in these same footsteps of Jesus and know that joy even through the pain and know and see that joy that stands on the horizon that is before us. Because what we recognize, we see it in our own lives, we see it in Jesus' life. You know, there are all kinds of different trials that we face in this world. A that prove our metal. There, there are moments in life that we walk through. They, they, they come throughout, and, and there are these moments in life that prove who we are, and they prove what we believe, and they prove who we stand with. And all of these moments in our life that, that prove who we are and what we believe make us better. You know, we really want to wrap ourselves in bubble wrap and run away from these kinds of things, but, but James is reminding us, don't you run away from these things, because these are the things that make you better. These are the things that prove who you are in Jesus Christ and, and prove that faith that you have put in Him is true and real. And see, we rarely appreciate these things in the moment. But you are better for every test you face in this life, because every test, points you to the Lord and to the joy that we find in eternity. You know, some of us, you know, we, we imagine in our minds that we can walk through this life unscathed because picturing new scars makes our stomach churn. You know, we hate to imagine the kinds of ordeals that truly try people happening to us. But, but, but James and, and Hebrews both are, are reminding us here, these are the kinds of things that happen in life that you're going to face real trial. You are going to face real pain throughout your life. And it's important for us as, as we face these things to clarify and to classify these trials, because as we classify them, it helps us better to deal with them. Now, one, one of the one of the types of trials that we have to face in this life is, is talked about further down in Hebrews chapter twelve. So, if you move further down, to Hebrews chapter twelve, verse five, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. That some, and I hope you hear this, some of the trials, some of the pain, some of the scars that we get from this life we have brought down upon ourselves. That some of the trials and some of the things that we are going to have to face are a direct result of the sin that we have committed. They are a direct result of us being disobedient To Jesus Christ, and in fact, that is often the case. Often, the, the the weight that comes down upon us is a result of our own sin where we're in places that we shouldn't have been. We're with people that we shouldn't have been with. We're doing something we never should have done. Or even further, we we refuse to do the things that God has told us to do. When God gives us a command and we do nothing, in fact we see this in in the church throughout where, where Jesus has called us to a work and we sit back in our recliners and refuse to do that work and in the same way we're calling down the judgment and discipline of God upon ourselves. When we are disobedient to Jesus Christ, we are going to face the consequences of that. And often those consequences come quickly. So one of the things we can ask ourselves when we are caught in a fiery ordeal is to ask ourselves and look into our hearts, is is this mine? Is this the making of my own hands? And, And if it is, as often is the case, we need to get on our knees in repentance before the Lord because Jesus Christ tells us how to deal with this. If the pain that you're dealing with right now is a direct result of your own disobedience, he says there is a way out in and through Jesus Christ. And, and we see it even in the first word of Jesus' ministry, right? He's baptized. He's tempted by Satan. And, and the, the first word of Jesus' ministry in Matthew chapter 4 is, you come to me and repent that you need to be a repentant people, and when the sin has become such a weight that it has just just taken you down, if you will get on your knees in repentance before God, you will be forgiven and be made complete. And it says "What you recognize this, and and this is where we see this in Hebrews 12, we see it in James 1, and, and in this we need to take heart in this because if the Lord is disciplining you, that is, that is because you are his child, and he loves you, and every good parent, though they don't want to, will discipline their child when it is necessary. And God, a perfect heavenly Father, will discipline you when it is necessary. And so we recognize God's making us better, even in that, even when the trials we face at, at our own devices, God is, is making things right and making us better, teaching us not to touch the stove when he punishes us for our sin. You know, we don't want to face that kind of punishment, but you're better off when you're disciplined by God. Now, all of that's free James, though, right? That's, that's a couple of pages before we get to our reverse text for this week, which is James chapter 1. And, and James chapter 1 takes us in a different direction. And, and what she says, James, we, we face all kinds of trials in this life. And, and some of those trials are by our own hand. We bring it down on ourselves. But, but James reminds us here, that's not always the case. Not every trial you face, not every pain, is the result of your own sin. Some of the most challenging days of our life may be something else. They may be a multicolored trial. Turn with me to to James chapter 1, verse 2, where he says, Consider it all joy. And this is the the literal translation of that would be, add it all up. Add all of this this up together. And as you you add this up, you begin to see the work of God and the joy that comes even through the pain of this life as God is making us better. He says, Count it all up. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, and that various there, that it means, it means there's multicolored or, or very rainbowed, that there's all kinds of different trials that you're going to have to face in this life. And so he, he's, he's bringing us back, and he's showing us another way. That as you walk through this life, God's going to put tests in front of you And God's going to test your faith with a whole spectrum of trials that when you walk through them, it will grow you into a faith like that of Abraham. In fact, as you keep working out there, look at verse 3 with me. He says, what you know is that the testing of your faith produces endurance see, God's testing you. It's not because God is mean. It's not because God wants you to suffer. This is not a moment of torture. That's not who God is. But this this is for your betterment. This is what builds us up and makes us stronger. When we're covered in bubble wrap, sleeping in a recliner, we're not getting better. We're getting worse. Like, our muscles are just becoming weaker by the minute, and God is getting us up and pushing us forward and testing our faith to make us better and stronger. You see, the trials of life, Life will strengthen your faith and produce an endurance that you can't produce on your own covered in bubble wrap sleeping in a recliner. It's like training for a race. You, you push your body and your aerobic capacity increases and your legs grow in strength. Few of us relish in that training, but it makes all of us better. So God's saying, I'm going I'm to push like a good coach, like a good Heavenly Father, and I'm going to push you, and I'm going to grow your faith, and we're going to strengthen those faith muscles, because you, you are much greater than what you think you are. That in faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are capable of far greater things than what you've been imagining and what you've seen in the past. Because in the Holy Spirit, you can do a mighty work that's beyond the strength of your own muscles. And you can run farther than you ever thought you could run before. Because in the Holy Spirit, you have the the joy and the power and the authority of heaven behind you. God's going to push you forward. You see, and as we move down, we get to the end of reverse for this week, which is, which is verse 12. Now look down. So verse 12 says a very similar thing, um, but with a different analogy. So blessed is a man who perseveres um, under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who loved him. Let's go back up to that, that word approved. And what we see, that, that word approved is a very particular word, and it was used with the, the testing of coinage. Right, so, so think back with me to a different time in a different place when you had currency that was made up of gold or made up of silver. One of the great temptations is if you had a coin, let's say a dollar coin made out of gold, and just for the sake of analogy. So you, you have this uh, gold, however small it would be, a dollar. And as that passed through um, uh, people's hands, and, and as that that passed through uh, the financial system, there would be people along the way who would say, "This is gold," and nobody's going to notice if I shave off a little bit of this gold, right? And so it goes to one person; they shave it off. It goes to another person; they shave a little bit off, and a dollar turns into ninety-seven cents. Then it turns to ninety cents. Then it turns to eighty cents. And, and there, was a, there was a process, and, and there was a, the officials who would, who would take this, this coinage out, and they would test it. And, and that's the word that's used here. It's like, it's like the approval of that money, where they would say, this has fallen short. This is not what it's supposed to be. This doesn't work. And they would either take it out of circulation, or they would make it right. And so this is what James is pointing us to, this kind of analogy here, that you are going to go through the the same kinds of trials and the same kind of approval, and you're going to hold your value. You see, this is what Jesus does for us, not not because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is, that Jesus builds us up in our lives and, and completes us so that we find our full value, so that we're complete and whole and made, made perfect, right? Those are those words where we are never complete without Jesus Christ in our lives. Everything is going to come up counterfeit if we move away from the Holy Spirit. If we run away from Jesus, we're nothing but a fake dollar bill. It's nothing but but counterfeit currency, but in Christ we, we find our purpose and our hope and we are made complete in him because of who he is. Right? The full value. And we're only going to know wholeness by the holiness of Jesus Christ. And, you know, as we experience trials on this earth, we begin to look more and more like Jesus Christ. And so the the testing is what helps us come to this this full personhood in Jesus Christ. That we, we instead, instead of being Chris Johnson we become more like Jesus Christ. Because the more Chris I am, the weaker I am. It, it, that, that, that's going to become a, a failure. And in fact, it's just going to disintegrate into nothingness. But the more Christ there is, the stronger I am. The more I draw in near to the Lord, the, the, the greater I can be in Jesus Christ. See, what James is telling us here in verse 12 Is that when you press on through the the trials of this life, you're going to grow in faith. You're going to grow closer to Jesus Christ so that you become more like him than yourself. Becoming as strong as heaven allows. You know, James gives us a good picture here with a word earlier than that, too. So before uh, the approval in verse 12, see the first line, Blessed is a man who perseveres. And and a way, way to think about this word, perseveres, think about it this way. That, um, that you don't run away, you, you don't flee. So when, when there's, a, there's a trial in front of you, you don't run away from the trial, but you, you stand and take it in the power of Jesus Christ. Or in the same way, you don't run away from God, right? When, when, things, when things get uh, problematic, you, you persevere, you don't run away from God. And when you persevere, you're going to just see and know the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, we, we, we remain in the Holy Spirit so that we can know the joy of Jesus Christ. See, if we'll accept these trials and not flee from God, you'll be made stronger than any human element, stronger than you could ever be on your own. You know, we have to, we have to come to this realization within ourselves. I mean, we, we have to recognize we're going to face trials. You're going to have pain. You're going to walk through difficulty. There are going to be days that you don't want to experience on this earth. And some of those days, some of those painful moments are going to be of your own devices. Now, some of those moments are going to be of God's making. And, and it doesn't matter either way, right? Either way, we're, we're going to remain anticipating the joy of the Lord through it all. When, we're, when you're faced with these troubles, don't flee from God, but draw in near to Him. Draw, draw in near to Him, and you will be made stronger. Even if that ordeal is because of your own sin, you're going to be healed by drawing in near to God. But if the trial is of God's hand and not your own, that, that means that God is, is making your faith stronger. You know, one of the, the um, difficulties, though, with this text is, you know, we haven't I- experienced some of the same kinds of things that others have experienced. And this is, this is what I mean. Um, as James is, is writing to the early church here, they're, they're going through uh, a pain that wasn't of their own making. The, the pain that they're writing about here and the pain that we were reading earlier in First in Peter were trials of persecution where Peter is thrown in jail for preaching Jesus Christ, or Christians were executed because they proclaimed Jesus Christ was their Lord. And, and even still, the Holy Spirit's reminding them and, and reminding us that, that even trials like that will build up your faith and make you stronger than the enemy, proving your faith complete in Jesus Christ. And, you know, we, we struggle with that because we haven't known those kinds of persecutions the kind of testing that our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan are experiencing. We haven't known that kind of trial. But even still, the trials we are facing on our own, the response is the same. Right? The, the response to, to any of these is the same, whether the trial is of your own making, whether the, the trial is a test of God, whether it is increased persecution or whatever it is the Lord lays in front of us this week, the, our response is, is always the same. It, we, we don't flee, but we remain. And, and we remain in God. We draw in near to God, and we come in to, to, to God to experience His joy. And, and, and the, the text even reminds us in this middle section in James chapter 1 that, that even, even if you can't, even if you feel like you can't remain, even if you can't find joy, even if you can't find the wisdom to process the situation that you're in right now, if you would pray to the Lord and ask him for wisdom and ask him for grace and ask him for strength, the, the, the Lord will do that very work in your life. Because uh, let's be frank with one we're not capable of this. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit within us that we can. And so, if we will ask of the Lord for that wisdom and that strength, he will give, and give generously and abundantly, without reproach. And so, let it seek him, and we will find him. Let us draw draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. And the Holy Spirit will strengthen you, so that you will lack nothing. May that be so here, may that be so in our lives, and may that be so for Christians across the globe this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, sometimes it's hard for us to process um, the pain that we're going through. Lord, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between various trials uh, that we face. Lord, there are days that, that seem to be nothing but an unending trial. Like a, a, a test with no end. And, and Lord, we, we pray that um, as we face these circumstances, Lord, we would do so with grace and mercy. Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon us and, and fill us with, with the fruit to endure that we might know joy and, and still rejoice uh, even in the pain. Knowing that you, our Lord, is good. And, and Lord, that you are, you are taking care of us. That you haven't taken your hand off of us, but your grace is sufficient to get us through. And so, Lord, we pray that you would make us stronger, Lord, that you would increase our faith and help us to walk faithfully and obediently in the kingdom of God. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.